Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. ML Beerman with us. Uh, the book is Mojave Mysteries. ML, of course, is an outdoorsman, desert enthusiast, author and host of Mojave Mysteries, as well as the writer behind the acclaimed Western horror series of novels featuring monster hunter and cowboy character J. Everett Earl, often referred to as the Rod Serling of the Desert. His books and video series detail the strange, bizarre, and paranormal aspects of the vast Mojave Desert. They've thrilled and captivated audiences all over the planet. ML, welcome to the show. You were on with uh, our colleague Ian about a year ago, weren't you? Uh, yes, I was. Thank you very much. It's good to have you here, and thank you for donating an hour for us. I really appreciate it tonight. No problem. Now, the Mojave Desert, I was just going through the uh, jurisdictions of where it is. What is so unusual about this desert? Um, it's really it's two things. One, it's a hostile environment. I mean, it's it's an environment of extremes. You can... Uh, if you go to Death Valley, like you said, you can be on the hottest place on the planet at times. There's poisonous animals. There's uh, all sorts of ways to get lost. And that's the second thing, is areas of it are very remote. There's places you can go and disappear or be disappeared. Mm. There's a reason the military has some of their most secret installations out there it's you know it's a great place to go if you're trying to get away from something you've done or you want to do something that you don't want people to see it is vast isn't it oh yeah that's what people don't really realize i mean to most people the desert is that strip of dirt on either side of the highway as they're going to someplace else you know if they're la to phoenix or up to vegas or salt lake city they don't realize that in between those points, there is just vast areas of open desert and semi-remote uh, desert. ML, what's the connection to the strange and the paranormal? How did that happen? Um, well, for myself personally, I first came to the desert back in the 1980s, and I had just been exploring, uh, interested in just, camping and uh, looking at old mines and, and histor- historical stuff. And once I got out here and I started meeting people, I found everybody had a story. Everybody had, uh, you know, some campfire tale or something weird that happened to them or, or their friend had something happen. And I, I just kind of started collecting them. Um, and being into history... I started looking at historical accounts, and I started matching things up. Like some phenomenon seems seems to have a, a pedigree that goes back not decades but hundreds of years. And you could find articles in the old newspapers from the 1800s. You could find journals, different stuff that talked about a lot of things that people were, were talking about today, uh, UFOs. Uh, cryptid, strange creature, mm-hmm. uh, missing people, cults, murder victims, uh, just general high strangeness is, is how I frequently uh, describe it, because there's things you read and discover and hear about that, that just leave your head, you know, you scratch your head like Just spinning, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you... Go to my YouTube channel. You see, I've done episodes where I'll actually show the history and some of the old articles I found, and um, I mean, just crazy stuff like uh, the story I did on thirty dead men, uh, nude 
dead men that were found in the desert back in 1904. 30 nude dead men found in the desert? Yeah. Now, you want to talk about a strange one. Okay. 1904, they were laying the railroad tracks, were getting ready to from what was then Vegas, which was basically just a water stop, uh, down to Los Angeles. And they sent out the surveyors in an expedition from Los Angeles. And they got out to that part of the desert that's right now is the border and between Nevada and California. And they started to find groups of bodies, dead men, five at a time, six at a time, seven. And over the course of two days, they found 30 individuals. Now, were these railroad workers that well, they found? The, that's the thing. These, uh, the, the, the biggest thing about them at the time was they were naked. They had no clothing and were dead in these little groups. Now, uh, a bunch of theories went around. The very first is, who is these guys? Who are these guys? Yeah. And, um, the at the time they said they were that they thought they might be transits or uh, vagrants or uh, workers that were crossing the desert trying to look for work at the railroad terminal. Now, one, it's a great way to refer to your workforce, right? The guys that are out there swinging <laughs> hammers exactly. for you. The other thing is, why would they set off on foot through the Mojave in the summer? In I don't know if you've ever traveled that corridor, but Google put its uh, solar farm out there for a reason. It's hot. It is hot. Now. I've been there in a plane. <laughs> yeah, right. It'll bake your skull in no time. So to set off on foot with no supplies is is doesn't make sense. It's suicidal. Yeah, exactly, and especially a group. So, you know, the the coroners were like, was like, well, there's no wounds on these guys that would look like they were killed. You know, then the theories went around: were they killed by an outlaw gang and robbed and left there? Well, no, there there weren't those type of wounds on the bodies. Were they killed by some Native American tribe that still existed out there? Well, no, that wasn't really going on at that time. Were they? Uh, the victims of a cult, or at the time they used to call it the Black Mass. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and um, people S- were like Satan well, worshippers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and you know the question is, well, why would they kill these guys and dump them in, you know, five or six at a time? Now, did they now, have stab wounds or anything like that, no, ML? No, no, no. The at the time, there was no like detailed forensic reports you could really refer to. It. The, the San Bernardino coroner was one guy who was run ragged, going from uh, you know killing to killing and trying to figure out. So, as much as I could turn up, they said they showed no wounds, they had no clothes, they looked like they had been there maybe a week or so. Now, even a week in that sun is going to turn you black and and bloated. Uh, for the most oh my part. God! It's been plus the plus the, the the flies and stuff would be yeah, and, and, unbelievable. And coyotes, you know. Um, oh yeah, they'd get torn apart. Right. Now, exactly. were, were these workers? Or were these people transients or just what makeup were they in terms of? Well, that's what the 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 articles all refer to them as vagrants, transients, or railroad workers, which is kind of like well. Uh, you know, is is that an ethnic group? Is that a, a social economic group? Is you know, what were they actually trying to refer to? If you try and read between the lines, you can't really tell because in the 1800s, a lot of the railroad workers were Chinese. That's and, right. That's right. And Irish, 
And um, by 1900, I think they had already passed the anti-China uh, uh, statutes that, that they didn't want uh, Asian immigrants anymore to California. So I th- I, transients and, and vagrants sounds like it could be, you know, anyone off the barroom floor. So, you know, uh, who knows? Now, there was a well out there supposedly called Dead Man's Well that was poisoned, and it was, postu- you know, suppose that maybe they drank from it and they all went crazy in one group and took off their clothes and ran through the desert, which it doesn't really work either. So, long story short, there's a mystery. There's one of those things you point to and go like, okay, that's really weird. What What is the real story behind exactly. it? Exactly. And um, that was 1904. Now, there's still people popping up in the desert, not 30 at a time, but that we still get bodies found all the time that just, you go like, well, what's the story behind this? Well, how did this happen? Just down in Joshua Tree, a couple years ago, people driving down the main highway outside of town saw a fire, a little what they thought was a little brush fire burning just off the road. They got out and looked, and it was a woman's body. Oh and, my God! I didn't. Yeah. I, I get to Joshua Tree almost every year with a uh, event I go to. I didn't hear about this one. Yeah, um, yeah, sixty-two just past uh, um, the hospital. So uh, now. There was a follow-up story where they thought someone had killed her and, uh, you know, thinking he was in the middle of nowhere, set the body on fire. Now, that's the other thing. A lot of people come to the desert and they think, like, these towns are like the middle of nowhere. But it's still civilization. It's Once you get past those towns into the interior where it really gets nuts, like just past Joshua Trees 29, and once you're past that, there's a sign heading out of town that says no services for the next hundred miles. Exactly. You're out of luck if something happens. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. It, it means no 911, no police, no you know ambulance. you got to self-rescue. you got to take care of yourself. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you're on your own. So um, the those type stories I started accumulating a bunch of. And um, the more that I did so... I would get a reputation and people would like, oh, this guy, you know, he, he'll listen to your story or he'll, he'll take it down or whatever. And people would come out of the woodwork with, you know, oh, I never told anyone this, but one night I was driving home and, you know, I'd get those type stories. Um, so it led me to write the book. And uh, the book being a combination of, of Tales I've uncovered, tales people have told me, and then stuff I've discovered in the archives going back in newspapers and journals and stuff like that, which, like I say, covers everything from UFOs to what you would term, <clears throat> excuse me, Bigfoot mm-hmm. in, in okay. modern parlance, and uh, all these other little weird things, even up to, like, you know, the living dinosaurs or flying creatures or, or you know. Of the phenomenon, ML, is there one area that uh, kind of outshines the other ones, or are they all pretty balanced in terms of numbers? Um, Depending on the time. Now, these days, it seems to come down to UFO-type stuff um, or missing people, you know, mysterious murders and and cult-type stuff. If you were to go back... uh, 100 years, it was 
more of a spread because there were more um, things like you know the the thirty new dead men and the Abu Pass gang uh, episode and stuff like that that I found, which is you know outlaws and and cults and and kind of interrelated weird stuff and um you go back past that and then you're into the time of of native american uh myth legends and tales and and there you're more into creation myth and uh uh supernatural Mm -hmm. medicine type stuff you get some ghost stories out that way too uh, yeah, there's one thing that I, I kind of termed the, the road ghost phenomenon, because it was something that uh, I heard about in a present tense, but then also found a whole pedigree to it. And I had heard from uh, some truckers that there was a tale going around, and, and this is something that I think every kid in school used to hear this, you know, the, the hit. A guy on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere picks up a hitchhiker. It's mm-hmm. a very pale woman. She doesn't say anything, gets in the car, you know, drives along. He goes to check his Mary, turns around, and she's gone. Or she's turned into some sort of spectral figure and then screams and disappears. And then he stops at the, the diner ahead and confesses that he saw that. And someone goes, oh, you saw her, too. You know, she died in a wreck out there 50 years ago or something. Right, exactly. So, she wants right. to be so, let off at the cemetery or something. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, or what was the other one with the, the, the claw hanging off the door handle? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, yeah the, right. lover's lane. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I, w- I won't go into the other parts of that one. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, I had heard a variation of that from some truckers, and I heard one real interesting one where a guy said he, he stopped at the truck stop, he saw this guy standing there in a long duster, like a leather duster with a hat pulled down over his eyes, holding a sign saying, you know, uh, 40 more miles. And, you know, he just kind of looked at the guys. He, he, he was with his wife, the driver. He pulled out, and this was at night. And they drove about an hour, and out in the middle of the desert up near uh, Nipton, they... Uh, came to an underpass, and, and here was the guy standing there with the same sign. And wow. he, was, he was like, no one had passed me. This was like 3 in the morning. This, I, is, this is a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, exactly. So he, he, he goes, no one had passed me, and he was still there. So, so we drove by and kind of looked at each other like, oh, my God, that was weird. He goes, we go down maybe another half hour, and here's the guy again standing at, at the edge of a uh, pull-off. Uh, you know, they have the brake pull-off things for trucks out there. And um, he was like, you know, half of me wanted to stop, kind of like, okay, I've got to see who this guy is. But his wife was like, no way are you stopping this truck. Um, so he he passed him. So he had related that to me in after we were talking about this road ghost ideas, and that was something that had personally happened to him. So I went and started looking at, okay, is this something that's reported a lot in the desert or has it been reported before? And I found all these articles from the early 1900s and the late 1800s about, and I'm sure you've heard this term, the headless brakeman, which uh, was like the railroad guys would be going through the desert at night and they'd see lights swinging, mm-hmm. look like someone swinging a red lantern 
you know, a brakeman's lantern down the rail, and they'd stop and they'd get out, and there wouldn't be anybody there, but the rails would be messed with, or the bridge would be washed out, or, or you know, something uh, that would have wrecked the train had they not seen these lights. And some people reported seeing a figure standing there uh, by the track swinging the light, but they could never get close enough to talk to him. And uh, they nicknamed him the Headless Brakeman because there's a story that a brakeman had died in a wreck and his head had been severed. And uh, this was his spirit trying to protect his brethren out on the railroad. Now, I went back even farther, and I found that there was a, the exact same type thing with stagecoach drivers Jeez. who were running the same routes that eventually became railroads and highways, and that they had a mysterious figure that would be by the side of the road or by a water hole or a changing station, and that they could never get close enough uh, but would be standing there watching them or trying to signal them. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Here's something that kind of, it's a ghost story in that it's a spectral figure that no one can actually get a, a handle on. But it also has a phenomenon that repeats through almost 200 years of interaction with travelers out on the roads. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.